0: Hey guys, it's Rob Cassidy of Rivals.com and the Commitment Issues Podcast. I wanted to give you a heads up that we recorded this episode on Monday uh, before Felipe Franks broke his commitment to LSU. Uh, You'll hear us talk a little bit about that in this episode and discuss his uh, possible flip to Florida. Uh, Both Woody and I expect him to eventually land at Florida. He has not done that yet. But I wanted to uh, kind of run a disclaimer before this episode of the podcast starts uh, saying that we're not (laughs) naive to what has happened. We just recorded uh, the episode before the news broke. Uh, otherwise, you know, I hope you enjoyed the podcast and enjoy episode number four of Commitment Issues. It's episode four of the Commitment Issues podcast this week. You know, Woody, we've made it four weeks. Uh, I think that's <laughs> that's a testament to. to what the show is, I guess. I figured we'd be canceled by now.
1: Yeah, you know, surprisingly, they're still letting us do it. People actually listening. Our audience keeps going up. We're kind of uh, flattered, I would say, with the response we've received so far. So uh, definitely, people keep listening. Listen to us on iTunes, right, Rob?
0: Yeah, listen to us on iTunes. You can go in there and give us a review or uh, you know, subscribe to the podcast, but you're probably already subscribed if you're listening this week. Uh, if you're not, make sure to get that done, and uh, you know, we really appreciate the support. Uh, makes us look good in our boss's eyes which in turn may make it so i don't get fired in the next month
1: yeah well you know the hopefully we don't get fired we got to make it through all-star season and signing day and then that's when we got to watch for our walking papers just in case when uh, people stop paying attention to us (laughs) (laughs) all right now we got to move into some topics Uh, i guess you know the most
0: pressing topic is a hypothetical this week right it's it's lsu and less miles and what's going on there it seems a little bit kind of a gray area as we sit here and report, sit here and record this podcast on a Monday. Uh, by the time this reaches you people, uh, you know, he could be fired or, <laughs> or who knows. Uh, I think it's ridiculous, personally. I think that, you know, he's a likable enough guy that's won enough at that school at LSU to retain his job. I don't necessarily think that there's a ready-made upgrade out there that they could just slide in to
1: replace Les Miles, and what it really comes down to is a fan base that didn't
0: ever want him in the first place, you think?
1: Well, it's, it's weird because it seems like every single week now we see, okay, this guy's on the hot seat. I mean, it was our first episode we talked a lot about Mark Richt. It looks like he's not going anywhere now. And and when the Les Miles stuff came up, uh, we talked about how, uh, you know, off the podcast, how we thought it was dumb and it, it shouldn't happen. But uh, it seems like, you know, now we're seeing you know, all kinds of people uh, reporting. It was led by our boy, uh, Jimmy Smith, down in uh, New Orleans. Now we got Joe Shad. Of course, our LSU site uh, is all over it and I I do think it's a situation where some important people there maybe never wanted less in that job. He had success so there's nothing they could do. Now they're seeing this is their window to maybe make that move. I just I just can't see it happening. I mean, it just it just seems insane that that we're even to this point. You know, and I don't want to get
0: too high-handed here, you know, I'm not obviously uh, in the situation, or I'm not in the athletic department there. But if we're going to go around firing successful coaches for losing three games in a row in the SEC, uh, <laughs> I don't know how many people are going to survive. I, I, I just I, maybe I'm not plugged in enough to the situation. But it doesn't seem like everything is in such a dire strait down there that there's even a guy out there that that I look at as a can't miss upgrade. I mean, who could they get? Who could they plug in? To that hole, uh, if they do fire less miles, that would you look at and be like, "Oh, okay, well, this is definitely an improvement." I mean, you well, don't throw are... you don't you don't throw away you don't throw away the trash if you don't have a ready
1: made garbage liner, right, to replace it. <laughs> that's right. I would, and I wouldn't. That's Rob referring to less miles as trash, not me. I, not I personally, <laughs> <Fine>. <laughs> I personally, I personally like him, but. Uh, the, The name that seems to be getting thrown around is Jimbo Fisher, which I think is also insane because I don't see him leaving Florida State. Why would you leave Florida State, a situation where you really have a much easier path to the college football playoff and the national championship every year than you do if you were at LSU? I mean, do you really want to play Alabama, Ole Miss, Auburn? even Arkansas, Texas A&M, every single year just to try to get to the SEC championship game to then have to play another tough team from the East. When you're at Florida State, the ACC is definitely not at that same type of level. you got to play Clemson, of course. But uh, you know, other than that, with Miami being down, it seems like you, you're walking you know, into a great situation every year assuming you take care of business. So why would Jimbo Fisher leave for LSU uh, if, if that's the situation? Look, like, I just want to say that I did not mean to call us miles trash.
0: <laughs> that was just a, a poor, a poor metaphor. And I think the answer to your question, the only answer that would be, is, is money, right? Like I mean, LSU has probably got more than Florida State. Uh, But, you know, I can imagine, I mean, maybe you can parlay this into a raise or something, but I don't think Florida State's just going to let their national championship winning head football coach walk away to anywhere. Uh, I think that there's a very good chance that we revisit this in a couple weeks, and LSU is still the head coach, or Les Miles is still the head coach at LSU. Uh, But uh, stranger things have happened, I guess, and if they get rid of him, they better have somebody ready to plug in, or else this could get real ugly in a real, I mean, if they start swinging, missing on candidates, uh, can you imagine how sheepish some people would feel there <laughs> well, as they get down the line?
1: Well, especially because you know tying it into recruiting, obviously LSU has got one of the top classes in the country right now, and if Les Miles leaves, there's no guarantee that they can save those guys. I mean, a lot of uh, players from Louisiana have left the state in recent years to go to to other places. We've seen them go to LSU, or excuse me, go to Alabama, go to go to Florida, even so. Uh yeah there's gonna be a lag time, and you're gonna see that that state's gonna get rated. I mean it's loaded with talent, especially at the top end and and why make the move? He's recruiting well he's going everyone's coming back next year. It seems like they're only gonna improve. I just you know it's just it's just confusing to me, yeah, and you know that might be a good transition for us into uh what's happening in Gainesville this weekend, who's
0: having a really really big recruiting weekend in Florida as they host Florida State. Uh, one of the headliners of that recruiting weekend is quarterback Felipe Franks from Wakula, Florida, who is committed to less miles in LSU as we record this, but is being courted by the Gators and could be leaning in the direction of possibly considering changing his mind and enrolling with
1: Florida instead of LSU. Yeah, we saw him at the game this weekend. I think our Florida site, InsideTheGators.com, one of uh, their writers actually tweeted a photo of him on the sideline in a Gators shirt, and he's also planning to be back next week. I think that'll be three or four different times he's visited Florida this fall, so obviously that's closer to his house. It's one thing to show up at a game uh, every once in a while. It's another thing when you're especially a committed quarterback uh, to be there and to be decked out in gear. He's going to be there, like you said, this weekend for the Florida State game, and uh, honestly, less miles or not, I think it's only a matter of time before he flips over. Um, but who are some of the other big names? I guess we're expecting. Do you do you know who's going to be there?
0: Yeah, I've got a list.
1: Uh, I got to pull it up here. We um, may need Nick to do some <laughs> play some elevator music. Well, either well, you look that up. I'll chat a little bit. I mean, these big time recruiting weekends. This is this is going to be one of the biggest ones of the season because of the way Florida State's dominated recruiting in that state over the past few years. Kind of the the stuff surrounding Will Muschamp, Willie will Willie go, it really hurt the Gators in recruiting and that also and with Miami struggling it also opened the door for Florida State to kind of dominate take guys like Dalvin Cook, Ermon Lane. Dalvin Cook was committed to Florida for a long time and wanted to go there, it looked like that was what he was going to do. Florida State reaches in, steals him away, steals Ermon Lane and they've they've taken a couple other guys too. So this is Florida's chance to kind of prove that hey, we are really all the way back. You know, we're headed to the SEC championship game, and now we're uh, the state champs, as they say down there.
0: Look, I, I'm i one that doesn't, you know, I get so frustrated with a lot of the way recruiting is covered, um, a lot, <laughs> and one of my pet peeves is when somebody will write some story about how this is a must-win for recruiting. You know how few and far between those games are? Like, recruits... They're not watching the result of one game and, and, and going to swing their opinion of a school because they lost or won a football game. Uh, I think that gets written a lot by people for whatever reason. Maybe it's just lazy. or But, I mean, if you put yourself in a recruit's shoes uh, and you've had you know two or three years of being recruited by all these schools, it's very, very, very rare <laughs> that something is going to change overnight because the teams that you're looking at won or lost a football game. Uh, I think that it's more about continuality and streaks and tradition. And I think that it's a perfect storm for Florida right now, though, where they are in the SEC. And when you're winning in the SEC, that's the combination that recruits look for. They want to play in that conference, but they want to play for a successful school in that conference. Uh, So when Florida is at its best, they're really hard to recruit against, even for Florida State, which is not that far removed from a national championship game. Obviously, things have been going that way in the state for a while. Uh, Florida State's been the juggernaut. Uh, but now Florida coming back on, everything's starting to align. I don't think that necessarily they win this game and they all of a sudden become the most desirable school in the state, I think. Or they'd have to, uh, you know, maybe do this for another year, maybe somehow win the SEC. Uh, but, you know, it's starting to turn. And, you know, I've got this visitor list here. And, it's, you know, it's a lot of familiar names. Nate Craig Myers will be on campus who is thought to be looking at Florida and Florida State. But I think you and I both think will eventually land at Florida. Uh, Mac Wilson, uh, the five-star from Alabama, will be on campus. I, I don't think that he lands at Florida, but, you know, that's a, that's a big name to headline it. You know who's interesting, though, is Sam Bruce, who has also visited Florida in the past, will be on campus again, the Miami Commit. Uh, and, you know, I think Sam Bruce is committed somewhat solidly to Miami. I've said that in the past. I think as long as Kevin Baird, the wide receivers coach, is retained there, Bruce will stay there. I stick to that. But should something weird happen with this coaching hire, I think Florida has definitely become the backup school for Bruce. Uh, if he doesn't end up at Miami, I'm pretty confident he will end up at Florida. Uh, other names on here is Zach Carter as a 2017 defensive end uh, that's going to be visiting Florida. A.J. Davis from Alabama. Josh Uche, a Miami commit. Uh, Janarius Robinson, a Florida State commit. Uh, and then Daquan De- Green, who's a wide receiver in the 2017 class, that could make some noise.
1: Yeah, the key, th- the key there is you've got a lot of players who are committed to other schools. I mean, you mentioned that Florida State commits uh, Miami commits. So, the, you know, like you said, you can't put too much emphasis on one game and, and rarely, rarely can you point to a game. Uh, but, but this is the week that you have to look at this one and say, like I said, I mean, this is to prove to everyone that Florida is indeed back, uh, and, and kind of here to stay. And more importantly, it will have momentum with next year's recruiting class because a lot of battles take place in the spring and summer. And if Florida can say, Hey, look, you know, we're the, we're, we're not only on the way back, we are back, Uh, that'll be the key so uh, another weird thing that happened this week we'll touch on it briefly we had a weird situation rob with uh, a you know a big a big florida fan who was who was twitter famous i know a lot of (laughs) a lot of our uh, listeners might not necessarily be big on twitter but uh, basically we had a florida fan posing as a, a big time insider and and he actually you know he had a lot of information players liked him he made cool videos for players that they would tweet we had players uh giving him shout outs and everything like that it was it was kind of insane and it turns out that the guy wasn't who he said he was there's only been to a few florida games and had been faking the whole thing and actually people had been paying him money uh to get recruiting information or information on the team and uh Guy made a lot of money. It seemed like a pr- pretty lucrative business.
0: Look, man, I had not heard of this dude until the morning that this all went down and it was all over my timeline. And I'm a little bit embarrassed to even be talking about it now, but it is funny. Um, I don't want to call anybody I don't know names, <laughs> so, so I'm not going to I'm not gonna go down that road. Uh, it's just one of those weird stories and, and maybe a cautionary tale, I guess. I don't want to sound too much like a grandpa, but, you know... Uh, Maybe not everybody who you, is who you think they are online, I suppose. You know, maybe I feel like I'm giving a speech to uh, my son or something here, but well, well, it's just well, a weird, it... weird, weird situation. Like, I saw something that somebody retweeted where it was, like, girls were sending him naked pictures. Is that the thing, though? Are there, like... If they're a repor- if, if reporter groupies, like, and this, this dude is just, like, cleaning up on them, that's a thing that exists? That happens in 2015? They're, like, fake recruiting insider groupies? Is it that was what I was taken by is what I saw that like people had given this guy naked
1: photographs of themselves <laughs> who is this Is this David Lee Roth in the 80s based on the uh, <laughs> the looks of my followers I don't I don't know if I want any uh, any groupies since my my following is about 99.9% uh, middle-aged men now, I got um, an unsolicited penis picture in my DMs this week by the way for no reason <laughs> uh, it's very strange
0: Boy, talk, <laughs> it, talk, it's a, talk about it's like TMI
1: you know what he did he kicked him
0: in a penis. A, gr- a group text, too. So it was like to 20 people, like a 20-person group DM. And I opened it thinking it was somebody's highlight film or some fan calling me an idiot. And sure enough, it was just a couple of nuts. <laughs> These nuts? Well, that's, <laughs> that's, that's how I started
1: my Saturday. Got it! And that's the problem with uh, having open DMs as Rob does. I, uh, you know, I get a lot of follow-back, Coach, so I can send you my DMs, but... Uh, Rob lets anybody DM him, so if you want, if you want to send Rob any anything weird, feel free to slide right in those DMs <laughs> the, there. The Are reason kind of the reason I open them is so I don't have to follow a bunch
0: of people that I don't want to follow. So it's like I don't know. I guess it's a double edged sword. But all right, we should probably get back on track to talk about recruiting and stop talking about catfish and Twitter life.
1: Well yeah, it just just to wrap just to put a bow on that one real quick. It just it's just it, there, there's some crazy stuff that goes on in recruiting. That's another one. If you uh search for Clutch like MJ, that was the name of the guy and that'll you'll get some more details on the story and how it all went down, but a lot of people on even on our rivals message boards claim to have inside info and it's just why you got to vet everything out and that's why uh, we have jobs is to actually track down these rumors that come out so uh, our Florida site does a great job so visit them uh, inside the now let's talk about a little more about the gators or gator heavy this week but boy they went to overtime against FAU uh, I was trying to go to a bake sale at the Greek church and I, I was trying to watch the, watch the game on my phone uh, and I missed actually the overtime but of course, the fans are freaking out. We had Georgia going to overtime with Georgia Southern. Everyone was freaking out. Last week, Tennessee uh, played kind of an unimpressive game against North Texas, even though they shut them out. And then this week, you know, they they played a tough game against uh, Missouri. I think it was 19-8 to 8 or something. I can't remember what the score was. It was ugly. So fans are freaking out on all the sites. And you kind of talked about this earlier. You know, oh, why would anyone want to come here now? We barely beat Georgia Southern. Just kind of expound on that and, and to kind of calm people down. Really, it doesn't matter. I mean, if I'm a five-star who's been looking at Tennessee or Georgia or Florida for two years, do I care that they needed to go to overtime to, to beat you know maybe a team that's not as good? Look, man, first I just want to say that if I had a dollar for every time my football watch and got distracted by a bake sale at the Greek church, I'd be a rich, rich man. Well listen, when you t- when you talk about being able to get frozen frozen tiropita that you can put in the freezer, pop in the oven. I mean, it's only $15. You got to jump on that opportunity. <laughs> no, and you know, I think you said it. I, I think that people people overestimated. It. it might be
0: people it's like our fault. It's people like us that write these stories that what does this mean for recruiting? Well, the answer to that 99 times is nothing. Uh even if you lose a game like that, I I don't think that, let's hypothetically say that this is, you know, let's pick a name, Chauncey Gardner is watching Florida. I don't think that he's saying, oh man, they played too close with the team that I deem not to be very good, so I'm not going to go there. That's not something that happens in the real world. That's something that happens on, it happens nowhere, but for some reason, some reporters think that it's like, that one game is life and death in the mind of a recruit and i think that you'll find if you talk to these guys it's not I, I, you can lose a game now if you start losing multiple games or you know not being bowl eligible i think that's a problem but you know if, if you drop a game to a nobody I, nobody that's not going to turn everybody off I, I don't think that anybody thinks that that that's who that I don't think that anybody thinks that south carolina is a worse football team than the citadel i, I don't i don't believe that
1: Oh, yeah. we yeah, I forgot about South Carolina losing to the Citadel. The, well, the issue is when it starts snowballing like it has for South Carolina. Exactly. That's a problem. Uh, that's when it starts to affect recruiting. And, you know, boy, uh, there, as I've said, if you're going to schedule, you know, I, I really hate these uh, cupcake scheduling things. I know it's been talked about quite a bit this week, you know, how the SEC needs a break in November and all that stuff. If you're going to take a break, you better schedule a one A team. Don't mess around. If you're, if you're Georgia, and we talked about this in our first episode, I said Georgia Southern was sneaky and that game was going to be close. Why play Georgia Southern? Why play Florida Atlantic? Why play a team of guys from your state who wanted to go to your school, who view that game as their Super Bowl? Georgia Southern playing Georgia is bigger than their bowl game in terms of
0: Oh, absolutely!
1: And how excited they are for that game because in whatever bowl game they go to, the Bahamas Bowl or whatever, and they're playing Middle Tennessee State or whoever you want to say, it's a much bigger game. And the same with Florida Atlantic; they weren't going to a bowl game at all. So, you know, I went to to a school, UCF in Orlando, and I know that when they played Florida or Miami, the players were so excited to play in that game. And the same goes, you know, for FAU when when uh, they have a chance to go to the swamp and ruin Florida's season. I mean, it it doesn't get any better than that.
0: No, and it's one of those things that can really, I think, might affect... Let's say that those games do go that way and there is an upset. That's one of those things that I think helps the smaller schools recruiting, where they can pick off players from other smaller schools because they do have that marquee win to advertise, and it does hurting the larger school and uh, making them lose players. I think that if you're a school like the Citadel and you're competing for recruits with some other school that doesn't necessarily get the notoriety or track... Uh, You can land guys by advertising these signature wins. Look, not only do we play teams like South Carolina, but we beat teams like South Carolina. Uh, I think there's much more of an impact there than there is the other way around, where it's, uh, you know, South Carolina lost to the Citadel. Do you really want to go there? I don't think anybody really cares about
1: that. (laughs) All right. So uh, that wraps up kind of our big topics for the week. Let's talk about where we went this past week. Uh, We were both, uh, well, you were on the road a little more than I was. I stayed in the Atlanta area, but you went up uh, to the Polk County area Tampa, Lakeland, all those areas. Talk to us about uh, how it went up there and kind of what game you saw and what you were able to uh, to take from, you know, a uh, big-time playoff game.
0: You know, I stopped through some schools, but then I also went to uh, Lakeland versus Plant on Friday night. Uh, and maybe Polk County doesn't get the love as far as the players that they have uh, a lot of the times, But they've got what I believe to be the best wide receiver in Florida in 2017. And James Robinson, who's got offers from Clemson. I think we've mentioned him on the show before. Uh, Clemson, Florida, Auburn, schools and beyond. I I have not seen a wide receiver better than this good dude. I I mean, he's all of 6'3". He runs like a gazelle. Uh, (laughs) He was overthrown a couple times, but was open on pretty much every deep route. Uh, So it was just basically send him long and throw the ball over the top. He caught a touchdown in the first... On the first drive of the game, a long like seventy yard touchdown. He's just and then weren't playing scrubs. It's not like he was going up against uh, defense backs that don't have a college future. I mean, these are guys that are getting looks from major programs. He's just running by them. Uh, I've just been real impressed with him, uh, just from the size of him to, to, to the athleticism of him, I and mean, he's just a rare blend of size and speed that I think is going to be a really special player for the next class. Well,
1: and Clemson seems to be entering that zone where. You know, when they when they identify a wide receiver, they're not they're not often wrong in term especially guys that they target as their number one guy, I mean, at the top of their board, you know, dating back DeAndre Hopkins, Sammy Watkins, who actually was from down in uh, in southwest Florida, Dion Kane's having a great year, Ray Ray McLeod was having a great year prior to injury. And especially I like T J Chase
0: a lot, uh, who's in their class for twenty sixteen, who I think is gonna be a really good player there.
1: Yeah, so so when we, you know, when we're looking at what they've been able to do recruiting wise in Florida and they're the number one team in the country, the quietest number one team in the country, I can remember in, in a few years. How important is it that pipeline to Florida and what do you know what they're doing to steal these guys away? I mean, especially like you said, TJ Chase, he's he's from down there. They're 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 probably the favorite to get Robinson and then they got a couple of five stars in Kane and McLeod.
0: Look, man, they've got ties there. Uh, They've been doing it for a very long time, so it's not obviously just one coach. Uh, I wrote something last year looking at who's had the most success in Florida. And Clemson is by far, outside of the in-state schools, by far the most successful in recruiting top talent in Florida. I actually had some numbers to back that up. It's in a story somewhere that I I write so much that I don't necessarily remember the numbers. I'd have to look it up. But, yeah, there was some metric. That showed them just being head and shoulders, but everybody recruiting in the state as far as out of state. And I think, you know, Brent Venables has got ties. He's a Florida guy, uh, the coordinator over there. He's known as a juggernaut recruiter. Uh, so I think when you put him in a situation like Clemson, where he's got ready access to the state that he specializes in, and he's got. Recent success to sell and a young head coach that <laughs> that people love. Uh, you know, say what you will about Dabo, but people love that guy's energy. He dances in the locker room. You laugh and you say, "Ha ha ha!" You know that's not important, but recruits like that stuff. Uh, they would much rather play for a guy that's got a little bit of personality uh, than you know some some dull older head coach. And <laughs> I think I don't think that can be overlooked. But you know, I think Brent Venables has done great work in Florida and some of the other members of the staff too.
1: Well, yeah, Je- Jeff Scott is a guy that. Uh... I talk to, uh, especially this time of year, uh, you know, we have a chance to chat a little bit. And, he, you know, I think keeping him uh, when Chad Morris left to take the job at SMU can't be undersold. I mean, that guy is a great recruiter, especially, you know, at the wide receiver position. And you want to talk about a guy who might all of a sudden become a, a head coaching candidate, uh, you know, my alma mater, UCF, if you're listening. I know that I AD is a big fan of this program, or whatever his name is. Uh <laughs> the, <laughs> <laughs> Jeff Scott, go go get him. So now let's talk about where I was this week. I actually had a chance to go see a game full of, of prospects. I think there were, I counted fifteen, at least probably closer to twenty if you count the young kids in terms of FBS football prospects in a game between Peachtree Ridge and Westlake. Westlake, of course, the uh, alma mater of uh, Pac-Man Jones and Cam Newton. So uh, how many games? In- in, how many games in Atlanta on any given night are played that don't
0: include? A school with some form of – the some semblance of the word peach in the the title.
1: Well, you know, that's the joke up here that there's a lot of peach – a lot of peach tree streets, uh, peach tree ridge. You know, there's not a lot of actual peach trees. As as a guy who loves to eat fruit, and Rob can attest to this, I will eat fruit off of any plant, any place, any time. I'll pull up grass, put it in my mouth. I can't find peaches to eat. Like they're they're just they don't exist. So where are all these peach trees? Where did they go? That's what I want to know. What, you mean like in the wild? I mean I'm sure you could find what? peaches
0: to eat at the grocery store. Right? Okay, okay.
1: <laughs> no, no. You were in Polk County, right? Okay. Sure. Uh-huh. What do you what what do you what do you see when you drive down the road? There's the, orange I, I, orange I see, trees. There are everywhere. orange trees.
0: You're, I see what you're getting at here.
1: There are no peach trees anywhere in this entire city. There's one. In my apartment complex, when I walk my dog, and they, it grows peaches, and by the time they get the size of a walnut, some squirrel steals them and eats them, and, and that's it. There, there are no look, man. It's it, the South is going through a peach shortage.
0: I sound <laughs> the alarms.
1: Well, in today's, you know, in today's uh, peach climate, you know, I'd like, <laughs> I'd, like I'd like, can it? Can a guy get some some wild peaches for crying out loud? So, anyway, right, so I, didn't, I
0: didn't mean to sidetrack you. Let's get back to football.
1: Let's get back to this game. They featured D'Angelo Gibbs, a five-star athlete, defensive back. He's ranked as a safety. Uh, Nigel Warrior, who, who you know, who is also a, a highly ranked guy. They're actually cousins. They both have famous uh, parents and uncles. Nigel Warrior's dad was Dale Carter, who played at Tennessee, uh, also had an NFL career. D'Angelo Gibbs' uncle was Jake Reed, the wide receiver, uh, that played for the Vikings for a long time. And these are guys with, you know, we're talking laundry list of offers. And unfortunately, they came in there as a, a twenty-five point favorite because they set lines on high school games in Georgia, which is also an interesting thing. Uh, uh, if, if by
0: interesting you mean awesome, then yes,
1: right. <laughs> yeah. Well, guess what? If you put money on West, like you win, you won a lot of cash because they won the game twenty-eight to nine. They have clearly far less talent in terms of individual talent. There's no doubt about that. But it just it once again proves that. You know, sometimes you can also have too much talent on these teams. Guys trying to do their own thing. We had Breon Dixon, who's a a 2017 four-star linebacker, uh, get thrown out of the game for for yelling at the referee. There was all kinds of madness. So uh, it was look, just look. You know, look, I don't want to I don't want to question
0: uh, these guys' careers, but is it possible that the uh, upstanding gentlemen in charge of setting lines for high school football games just aren't that good at their jobs?
1: No, listen, uh, you know, Nick Kruger, our our producer, can tell you that when we look at they're actually they're actually called the Maxwell ratings. Uh whoever Maxwell is, he does a good job. We actually went to a game this year earlier that had a two point line, which is an odd an odd number for a line any anywhere you go. And it was an exactly a two point game. Maxwell hit it right on the head, would have pushed uh in a lot of places. So I don't know who's taking the bets. Obviously I don't partake in anything like that, but uh it makes for a fun talk in terms of one team being the underdog and, and one team not. So this week, now all of a sudden, I get to go to a great game. We're talking Trevor Lawrence, a 2018 quarterback who probably has 25 offers. The next big thing at the quarterback position, facing off against Zarek Cooper, a Clemson commit. QB on QB. Uh, there's, a, there's a lot of other players in that game as well. Alabama, tight end commitment uh in miller forestall and then we've got uh, a couple of kentucky commits so and players all over the field so uh it'll be interesting to see how that game goes and, and where are you headed man i don't know i was set to go to see bishop moore play american heritage american
0: heritage is loaded with players that i have not seen yet this season uh american heritage lost <laughs> ruining my plan um so what, now I... what was the line what was the line on that game do you know I, you know it, it, in uh, in, in my state where we don't we don't we don't set uh gambling lines on high school sports, we're we're a little bit more sophisticated down here in Florida than you savages in Georgia.
1: Yeah, they only bet on uh, they only <laughs> bet on pop pop <laughs> yeah. Warner
0: games. Down yeah, there. We, we, we only bet on pop Warner games and dog fights. <laughs> yeah, we're we're above everything else. Um, so you know, I might go to Hollandale and Bishop Moore, um, but I haven't really decided, so I don't want to commit to any game on this podcast it's possible we'll come back next week and i'll be talking about how i
1: spent the weekend laying on the beach (laughs) so we'll see what happens well this is this is actually our last week uh to watch football because we will be headed well actually you, you have another friday i'm going down to florida uh that weekend for a for a family event and then we're headed off to Alabama, mississippi so we're only two weeks away from our first ever joint podcast we're actually sitting in the same room
0: yeah, and we'll, we'll record one or maybe more, depending on what happens down there, from the Alabama-Mississippi All-Star game, which will be loaded with players uh, with interests that range from colleges all over the Southeast. So that should be fun for everybody if we haven't been canceled yet
1: or if you guys are still listening uh, at that time. All right, so we, t- we talked about the Florida-Florida State game a little bit uh, we talked about the impact on recruiting. What about a, a little bit of a game pick here, Rob? What, what's your feel for what might happen in this game, especially considering Florida's struggling over the past couple of weeks a little bit? Yeah, I'm not sure
0: and I think is heading in the right direction obviously. I think they're I mean, they're they're really uh, I, I I did not have a lot of faith in McElwain when he got hired. I now do have some faith in McElwain. I think he's been great. I think that the energy around the program has changed. I think that The recruits' view of that program has changed. I think people are surprised at how far they've come in one year. I don't know that they have the horses right now to beat Florida State, uh, even in Gainesville this weekend. I think it'll be a contested game. It should be a good game because I don't think Florida State is a juggernaut either by any means. Uh, I just think that Florida might be a little bit outgunned right now by, by the Seminoles.
1: Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Florida State's had some some drama at the quarterback position. Uh I, I have a feeling it's gonna be kind of an ugly game, if I think if I had to guess, just, just based on how the two teams have played recently. I think uh I you know I might as well be contrarian and pick the Gators even though kind of my gut tells me Florida State might have the edge so but I'll I'll pick Florida just because they're at home and I think they like I said they need this game uh, to stay alive for the national championship or the playoff hunt which is it's kind of bizarre to even think I mean I remember looking at their schedule before the year and thinking they'd be lucky to win six games so the fact that they're and have a chance to 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 uh, make the playoff is amazing.
0: Yeah, and if it is ugly and hard to watch, I can always use it as my break to run down to the Greek church bake sale and do some do some damage there and get back. You know.
1: Well, guess what? If if you're listening to this podcast and you're in a major metropolitan city, you have a Greek Orthodox church. Go support them. Buy some delicious Greek food. <laughs> don't uh, don't don't fall for this. Uh, people, what people call gyros or whatever they're pronounced euros. No, gets no the dude. Nobody.
0: N- all right. Nobody calls it a gyro. I don't think that I think this is something that you've made up. I've never no, heard uh, somebody use that term.
1: Nick, Nick Nick might have to put in the Seinfeld clip. It actually was popularized on Seinfeld. 30 million people got got to hear how to pronounce it the wrong way. Gyros are cooked and wrapped and ready to go. $3, no change. Let's let's move on now. Enough football talk. It's it's Rants and Recommendations time, Boy, Our fa- our most uh, talked about segment. Seems like everybody uh, wants to hear what uh, Woody and Rob are going to complain about, so Rob, have you got any complaints this week?
0: No, but I, I want to commend
1: you real quick on uh, on our,
0: our podcast Twitter, <laughs> which you can follow at, at Rivals Podcast on Twitter, uh, for posting a link to Andrew Bone's Snapchat, <laughs> which has really become like the whipping boy of the show over the past three weeks uh, because of his posting. And while you did this, though, while you posted this, at the moment that you posted his Snapchat link, and, and, people, and I hope people added him, uh, he was Snapchatting from a concert, He multiple times. He was on fire this weekend, Snapchatting inaudible audio from concerts. I've probably got four or five of them. I think he's
1: doing it intentionally to troll me now. Andrew Bone with Rivals.com. Well, he wasn't just at one concert. He was at two this weekend. We know, we know Andrew Bone, an avid fan of the, uh, the the band Fish, which evidently still exists. I thought it was only something that Hippies in Oregon talked about. But Andrew Bone finds their shows, goes to them. I'm not sure if that's who he was seeing this weekend. I just know, like you said, you can't tell what the sound is because it's, it's just really loud and bright. But uh, also this weekend, it, this is a not on. This is not on the rundown. Andrew Ivans, uh, who covers Notre Dame for us, I was actually on his podcast this past week, and he messed up the recording just just like you did last week. I had to record two podcasts with him as well. So. Uh, he, on his Snapchat this week, has a video of him shooting a gun into some type of water. I'm not sure. You know, I didn't realize he was that much of a, a country man you know, based on, you know, the polos that he wears and the sweater he ties around. His Look, neck man, stuff like as, far,
0: as far as people that cover college football go and follow college football closely, I think you and I are about as far removed from country as it gets. I think everybody else is in this, like college football and guns fraternity that i was not invited into
1: for whatever reason i did grow up shooting guns uh for the record don't don't question my country street cred i just have settled uh you know i did grow up in the mountains of oregon but now i don't i don't own any guns my sister actually uh i believe took control of those big shout to her I went on a camping trip once,
0: and I left in the middle of the night because I didn't want to sleep outside, so
1: that's as far as the country as I go. That does sound like you, but it, so if you want to see some guy, if you want to see a guy dressed kind of like super preppy, shooting guns, wearing wearing perhaps some type of vest, uh, follow uh, Andrew Ivans on Snapchat. I'm sure he'll be uh, more than happy to give out his name if you reach out to him on Twitter. But that wasn't what I wanted to complain about, Rob. It's Thanksgiving week. People probably are are listening to this podcast on their way to some type of family event. I'll actually be traveling up to uh, the Triangle area in North Carolina, as they call it, to visit my family, who I never spend any time with. Uh, The question is, what happened to Thanksgiving, Rob? Have you noticed people on Snapchat and other swarms of social media putting up their fake Christmas trees already? It's not even Thanksgiving. I thought you always had to wait until after Thanksgiving to start the Christmas decorations. Am I wrong? I've never been bothered by this rule. Like I, it just seems like... <sighs> I
0: just have the energy to get mad about when somebody puts up a Christmas tree, I guess. Well, for, first I, of
1: all, first of all, don't use a fake Christmas tree. You are hurting the environment, not helping Oh, it. Jesus. Okay, number one, Christmas trees are farmed. They are not, they don't, people, they don't go out into the woods and cut down a bunch of baby trees so you can have them in your house. They grow them on a farm, just like you eat carrots or any other type of thing. The gyros are cooked and wrapped and ready to go. Three dollars, no change. They are farmed. They are taken down, and then they are replaced every year in the 8- to 10-year cycle. So support your local tree farmers and buy a real Christmas tree. Number two, don't put up any decorations before Thanksgiving. No Christmas sales. None of that stuff. No Christmas decorations. It, It goes Halloween. It's not even a month from Halloween to Thanksgiving, by the way. You can't wait three weeks, four weeks, then put up the decorations after Thanksgiving is over. At its core, what is it about this that gets you?
0: Or is I, it just, I thought,
1: well, listen, are we having a war on Christmas or not? Because that's all I hear about on the news. <laughs> there is no
0: such thing as a war on Christmas. Because that's that's all, we're not that's turning all, this that, into a political podcast. That's
1: all I hear about is a war on Christmas at Starbucks. It seems like, Chris, guess what? Christmas is winning the war because there's Christmas decorations set up more than a month before Christmas is happening. So I don't want to hear about it. It's either one or the other. So n- number two. Okay. That's, that's on the table. Now, let's focus on Thanksgiving because we already give too much airtime time to Christmas. I was on Twitter the other day. I saw the LA Times post uh, an article on how to spice up your boring old stuffing recipe. Now, first of all, I don't eat stuffing or so some people call it dressing. It's not really one of my favorite things to do. Yeah, yeah. No, nobody calls it dressing. I mean, nobody with other teeth calls it dressing. <laughs> some, somebody calls it dressing. I might call it dressing going forward, but regardless. It doesn't need spicing up. If you are having Thanksgiving at your house, and I'm sure a lot of the uh, our pr- predominantly male listeners are not the ones preparing the meals, but if you should no, that be, was hu- kind
0: of wow. That was kind of misogynist, wasn't well, it? Well,
1: listen, I'm the cook in my house. <laughs> yeah. I'm the, the cooking. I'm the cook in my house. But you know, let, let, help help out a little bit. Number 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 one. Number two. There you go. Every single meal for Thanksgiving should have staple items that you do not mess with. I'm talking about the turkey. The mashed potatoes, the gravy, the stuffing, as you mentioned, maybe whatever those yams are with the marshmallows on top. Uh, Of course, course cranberry sauce. I prefer it straight out of the can. I want want to see the lines on the side of the can when it's cut up on the plate. After that, feel free to throw in some, you know, chutney-based whatever, you know, kale, whatever you want to have. But do not replace a staple dish with some stupid gourmet, whatever, that nobody actually wants. Nobody, everybody wants, it's Thanksgiving, we want pumpkin pie. Do we want, you know, do I want some weird, you know, cayenne pepper flavored brownies, which I had at a party one time, thought that were real brownies and made me really sick? No, I want regular brownies, I want regular pumpkin pie. It's not too much to ask, is it, Rob? No, no, I'm kind of with you on this. I kind of, I like to know what I'm getting at Thanksgiving dinner. I will not be seeing
0: my family for Thanksgiving. Uh, so I may just be, uh, you know, eating who knows, probably McDonald's or whatever it is. I did actually eat McDonald's on Christmas Day once in Rome. That was that was probably the low bite, probably the, the low point of my life. <laughs> it's the only thing that was open, man. You know, I get a recommendation this week, um, and I'm, I know I'm a little bit late on this, and some people have probably already seen it. But if you have not, I would see The Martian. I think it's a wonderful, wonderful movie. Uh, starring Matt Damon, which just kind of a, uh, it's done so well. It, it's 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 not. It could have very easily been, this like cheesy drama, but they managed to somehow keep it as light as you can possibly keep a movie about a man stranded on a planet by himself. Uh, there are some dark moments. Uh, I think it's done very well, and I think it's very sweet too. Uh, it's got a, definitely some kind of like, uh, you know, sweet sensationalism
1: underlining it, and it's just a really good movie. Uh, I I would like to see it get some Oscar buzz. Yeah, I liked it. You know, I'm pretty cynical, as you can tell by my complaints. And there were some, some parts about it that, you know, he's pretty happy the whole time for being stranded in space for five oh years. Oh, my old. God. No <laughs> spoilers. No, no. We haven't watched it yet. Like For the most part, I really enjoyed it as well. Way better than uh, Interstellar, which was a horrible movie. I don't know. how How did anyone like that movie? Uh, I didn't think it was horrible. I didn't uh, love
0: it. I thought The Martian was a much better film, but I didn't think it. I didn't well, think Interstellar was horrible. I tell you what, Interstellar was. It was loud. Like it was uncomfortable. The score on that movie made uh, me uncomfortable
1: in the movie theater. It was too it hurt my ears. Well, Nick and I, Nick and I, uh, jokingly refer to it as inter-average because it was a, not a good movie. Uh, <laughs> Rob's not going to laugh at my joke just like he did last I <laughs> Yeah,
0: I going to hang you out there to dry again like I did N- last Nick's
1: going to put in some uh, canned applause because he laughed so hard the first time I said that to him. Um, my <laughs> recommendation, I do have I do have a quick one. Actually, similar themes to, uh, to uh, your movie, The Martian, uh, Last Man on Earth. It's a comedy on Fox starring Will Forte. I think you can watch it on Hulu as well if you uh, need to catch up. Basically... Uh, it's about a guy who gets stranded as the last man on earth, uh, when some virus wipes out the population. And, uh, it's actually a comedy though. It's really funny. If you like a uh, real awkward type, uh, you know, uh, imagine Michael Scott being the last man on earth and then he eventually finds uh, some other people and then hijinks ensue. And uh, a couple other plot twists involve, you know, some people isolated in areas, wondering if there's other humans around. But like I said, they put a comedic spin on it. It also has January Jones in it, who is, uh, I'm sure, a favorite, I'm sure a, f- a favorite. Was that Was that a yawn? What was that noise?
0: No, it's like a dry heave.
1: I... Oh, jeez. <laughs> I You're...
0: I just don't think much of her as an actress. I I, I don't know. I, I she bummed me out as Betty Draper in Mad Men. She's bummed me out. every she's like a wet blanket. I I don't know. Well, she just plays a solo character. Maybe it's her choice. Yeah, I know. I, obviously. It's the same character she plays in everything. You haven't noticed.
1: All right. Well, d- d- Rob hates January Jones. That's his rant. So that, that wraps it up for us this week. Uh, you know, quick reminder. Like I said, we, we talked about at the beginning of the show. iTunes, just search Commitment Issues. Subscribe to the podcast it's, if you're listening to this on SoundCloud. And, of course, uh, M. Deuce, our boy. Boy, the full – The full The, full tr- the house band the full track is up on soundcloud the intro and outro to this uh to this uh, podcast what what was it called lowrider issues is that the name of it i Uh, believe so we got to give
0: a shout to uh, nick krueger too who produces this wonderful product and will continue to produce this wonderful product until you people are tired of listening to us
1: now only a few week. Nick was supposed to make his debut this week. It's kind it's been put off. He will be on though. When when we're singing Hatties- Hattiesburg, Mississippi at a Hilton Garden Inn, uh, recording an episode, Nick will be on. So, uh, Nick, we love you. Keep keep doing your thing. Follow him at Rivals Group City.